Welcome to the Respect the Drive podcast. This is the first episode, and after a few failed attempts on YouTube, yeah, I, I kind of tried to do this on YouTube with the video thing, me and Eddie and a few other guests, yeah, it just wasn't working out, so we're going to go pure audio. Now, in the future, this could eventually become a, you know, a live recorded video podcast, but for now, I think we're going to stick to trying to keep this directly to the Spotify, the iTunes, the Google Play, all of that fun stuff. But today we have Zach Sweat, an ex-Porsche salesman, and he's now working in a different industry. We'll get into that in a bit, but Porsches are hot. Everyone's talking about, I've got the exclusive uh, GT3. <laughs> they're pretty cool. <laughs> and and it's, it's true, they're, they're great cars. I am definitely a fanboy. Mm-hmm. But they're not rare by any stretch of the imagination, and everyone wants to have their special thing. They want theirs yeah. to be different than everybody else's. So it's funny. I wasn't a, a fanboy of Porsche until I, until I started working for Porsche. Like I, it wasn't like the end all be all type of brand that I was like, that's it. That's the the pillar. Uh, that's the cars. And now I am a, like one of the biggest diehards out there. Like I'll still defend seven eighteen Boxsters to this day. <laughs> we're, actually, we're gonna, we're such gonna, a controversial car. We're gonna talk about that actually. <laughs> But yeah. but aren't you that that makes you like the perfect employee because you went yeah. and drank the Kool Aid? Oh yeah, every day. And, and I got like an IV of the stuff. And it's <laughs> it's stuck with you though. Like yeah. that Kool Aid didn't go away. That Kool like you still like Porsches even though uh, you don't sell them anymore. Love them. I still like every single press release, every single article. I soak every single bit of that up. Like I I just can't get enough of the brand, the cars, the, you know, the whole philosophy, how the brand got started, just everything that just goes into making the product what it is. It's such a different brand than other brands out there. They're, they're truly like endurance race cars for the street. But you didn't start there. No, not at all. Where did your cars? I mean, so, so how did a, I start? Young yeah. Zach Sweat graduates high school. What's his first decision as an adult? Honda Lube Oil Technician. Classic. <laughs> so uh, through my, so I was fortunate enough through my high school, I had a um, a two year vocational automotive program that would, um, you know, teach you all the basics of uh, car maintenance, working on cars. That was um, in like a public school. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know why people don't take advantage of it enough. I feel as though people think that you know in Maine you it, had that. Yeah, and they have multiple programs all throughout uh, multiple states as well. So um, so half the day I was in vocational automotive school. So from like nine or whatever they start, like eight thirty to lunchtime, I would be in vocational automotive class so you know tearing engines apart learning about suspension wow. systems learning how to put cars on lifts and you know electrical theory how uh, uh, a car is wired so all of that good stuff we did not have that yeah we yeah. we were allowed to park at school that was basically as yeah, far you had a as a spot did you have a signed spot i did 96 nice 96 nice. my little blue volkswagen mark three golf with 200 well at the time one hundred ninety six thousand miles uh-huh I felt like I was hot shit. It was lowered like a, oh, yeah. like an inch. Uh-huh. Had those five spoke, six, 16 inch low profile. I had an E30. 88325 E. E. The yeah. worst, the worst version. Nothing, but it was, it nothing, was interesting. Nothing like a 4,000 RPM red line on like a non diesel car. Right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was like close to 5,000. It was such a weird car i did a video on one in north carolina because my ex-boyfriend had that's right yeah it was cool the gray with blue interior right yeah what a odd spec the worst spec yeah yeah yeah. like if you saw that then you'd be in you'd be horrified yeah yeah that wouldn't uh well actually i think on newer cars it can it can really work like have you seen like a, a nice silver car with a like a dark blue interior yeah yeah that works out nicely so the 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 car that i drove 
it was it was like 300 and something thousand miles it was the yeah. first owner they bought that car my, new my, my odometer broke i didn't know how much it had classic. <laughs> that's like a classic problem with those cars too when it comes to the uh, uh the odometer like the the gears in it they just wear themselves did you out. buy that car like did you find four dollars yeah down in new hampshire what i was living like grew up in southern maine so All right. it was the next state over in uh, new hampshire so it is like cars cars were a part of your life yeah i never had did your parents care um, they enjoyed their cars. Like they always, like, like they just had working cars, but it wasn't anything special. Like I learned how to drive. My mom had a, a 98 Accord, uh, EX manual transmission, black with a beige interior that I learned to drive on. So first car was a stick. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And, um, seeing as I know a little bit about you, um, yeah. did you ever drive that car illegally, Zach? A hundred percent. Yeah. I would take it at night. I was, God, how old was I? I was honestly probably like 12 or 13 years old and I would be driving the car uh, at night. <laughs> I would just steal it and just drive it around on back roads in Maine. <laughs> All right. Well, so we, I grew up in a small town called Shapley. It's um, about nor- uh, Northwest from Sanford, if anybody's familiar with that area. Um, and it's just a super hilly rural type of town. I think there's probably one streetlight in the center of town. So nobody really cared or, they never caught me, so yikes! <laughs> I guess they never cared. <laughs> well, also, your dad was uh, as a de- as a deputy up there, yeah. so yeah. If you were to get caught, uh, it never got caught. But if I was, that'd be a that'd be interesting. Little little extra <laughs> privilege. Bad. It would have been like the yeah. It's like the the preacher's son. Mm. Not a, not no. When I got pulled over, um, like later in life, in like neighboring towns, um, I would certainly get an earful. Like five ten minutes later, after a. Uh, one of the cops pulled me over. They're like, "Are you um, Deputy Sweatson?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> whoops. Yeah, yeah. What big whoops? <laughs> That's all right. Those are during my crazier years. All right. So you're you're now you're now not 13 stealing your parents' cars. No. You're out of you're you're in you're in high school. You've done some vocational stuff. So you know that you like so, working on cars. Yeah. And so um, through the vocational high school, you had to do an internship at some type of automotive related shop, whether it was an auto zone or a car dealership or a mom and pop type of setup. And so um, my vocational school had a, a great working relationship with a local uh, Honda dealership, Prime Honda in Saco, Maine. Um, and so that's how I got my this first This is not job. sponsored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so, um, went on there as a, uh, just like a loop tech. So after school, like I get out at re- around two, I would just head right over there. It took me about a half hour to get there. Um, and then just work from, you know, then until closing when it's like five, five or six o'clock. How'd night. you end up going from that to sales? So Intro, funny stories with that. Okay, so also, um, how old are you at this point? You're like you're tw- you're like 19, right? No, I was young. Uh, I was like 17. Okay, because this is still in high school. Yeah, this is still in high school. My first job was working at uh, Fun Foods. It was a uh, Fun Town Splashdown USA in Saco. I was uh, a cashier there, and I dress up in pizza bo- pizza boxes and serve people food. It was hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a pretty fun time. Um, rural America. Yeah, is very something rural America else. stuff. Yeah. Um, so I went on board with Honda after I left high school. So I tried college for a semester um, and I just I just didn't like it. I'm like, I can do so much more just both my education and just how much fun I'm having. Like, I'm just going to um, go ahead and go full time uh, into the automotive industry and see where it takes me. Because I knew that I wanted to be with performance cars. Like, that's what 
you know, drove me a massive car enthusiast growing up. Like my walls were covered with head to toe with all the clippings from car and driver and road and track motor trend of just, you know, cars. I'm uh, impressed that you were able to make that decision at that age. Like for me, mm-hmm. I didn't like school. It mm-hmm. was an expectation that I went to college. I knew yeah. I was going to because I thought, I don't know what I thought. I, I've never known what I'm doing while I'm doing it. It's always been like I've fallen into by accident every single thing I've ever done. I feel as though I've had a lot of, uh, both accidents, but also chances. Like it's, it's been a, you know, just a leap of faith, like go ahead and do this and see what happens. I think I also, because I grew up in that like Catholic mindset mm. when oh, the Catholic guilt, right? Well, it means that whatever you do, if you don't like it, it means you're doing it right. Mm. Right. So like for me going to college, like I loved it because it was the first time that I had like friends that I could trust. And that like, mm. I, the first time I, I mean, you know, all my friends in high school were like girls. I didn't have good guy friends. It was the first time I was Mine going was the exact to... opposite. I never got along with girls. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so to when this I went day, to... I only have like one or two girls that I consider like really close friends. That's how, that's why I think college was a big deal for me. It was because it was like a big social experiment. It was like mm. the first time that I felt accepted by people. Mm-hmm. So although maybe the workload and what I was doing, I was like, what on earth am I doing? Like, I am not doing thermodynamics and calculation. <laughs> like who the hell am I going to work for doing this? This is right. crazy talk. But, uh, I got through it. And even though it was a struggle, I definitely failed a few classes, definitely retook some classes, took some summer schools. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, I did the stay in school kid thing, but I never would have made the decision to leave it Mm -hmm. because of the Catholic guilt. And it's funny. I'm not even religious. It's not like I was like, I didn't even, yeah, I I did my first communion. That was eight years old. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm renouncing my religion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was pretty much it. But I think that I never doing anything, whether it's a job or school, I never had that confidence to say, hey, I'm done. I never quit anything except for like musical instruments. Sorry, dad. Um, I always, it was this, um, with my thing was it uh, either if I'm getting treated unfairly or someone has an unfair advantage that I didn't have. And I was a- quickly able to, to recognize that, you know, whenever any place that I want to work, I want to make sure that myself and everyone's on an even playing field, you know, and yeah. that the true hard work and determination that you put into it is something that is rewarded and someone that doesn't have that type of work ethic or doesn't want to work hard, but expects to be paid the same as myself or more than myself just doesn't make any sense. To yeah. Me. You know, good, good work should, um, um, should pay off. Yeah. So talking about leaving Honda and going, well, how right. did I get into sales? Right. So, right. Well, you're a, lube, um, you're a lube tech, uh, lube tech, Zach lube tech. I, I hope, I hope somewhere on a LinkedIn profile, <laughs> it says lube tech, <laughs> Zach lube tech. I think it says entry level technician. Ent- ent- <laughs> ent- ent- an entry lube tech. Entry. <laughs> Yikes. Sounds so gross. Oh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> Just a big, just a lube tech over here. <laughs> what do you need lubed? Um, so I was, I was getting sick and tired of busting my knuckle on other people's cars um, that just didn't take care of their cars. Well, I can't imagine what it's like having to literally bust a nut off of a main car. Oh yeah, everything's like, rusted. Every, you know, some I mean, so everything is is rusted out, and you know, lug nuts are snapping off as I'm um, taking the wheels off. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a pretty sight. Terrible. Or, yeah, or like um, screws or just the heads of them are just busting off. It was just wasn't a fun experience. Um, I, I should say it, it is fun because, you know, working on cars day in and day out, it's kind of cool. Um, but I really loved talking about the cars. So I jumped from 
um, a technician into a service writer position. So I was a Honda service writer for only a couple of months. And that was pretty cool, but ran into the same problem where um, people just, general population just doesn't take care of their car well. But I mean, we're working at a Honda dealership, so it's not like um, we're dealing with um, like high-end cars or anything like that. Right, but that almost makes it worse. Mm. If I go into, for example, if I go into Porsche Mm. and I'm like, hey, I see you've got this like, 2016 991 right 991.1 mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i'm yeah, 16 yeah, right and and you're one. like oh there's this great career s and it's in this cool spec i'm interested in it mm-hmm. they'll they're not going to bat an eye at me they're gonna be like oh, just take go go drive it just mm-hmm. come back whenever like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. i did that at a honda dealership they'd be like we're gonna need to see everything photo id documentation well we're gonna google you and you know it's like harder credit (laughs) i have like a harder time driving normal cars than i do driving supercars when it comes to testing them i'd almost agree with that sentiment it's really funny when you go into like a honda dealership and you know not that the like a a a type r or or the toyota supra like is anything crazy but um it'll be um, roped off yeah which i find so funny because i'll have uh 911s but like if I went to a McLaren Boston right now yep. and I was like, hey, I want to go drive a 570S, they'd be like, yeah, right. Who are you? But if I go to like, there's like, there's a level where like Porsche, it's easy to just jump in and be like, hi, I'm like a human. Like I could probably afford a hundred thousand dollar car. Like, like as far as they're concerned, everyone can afford a Macan. Everyone can afford. Yeah. For the most part, we wouldn't really judge, like not so much judge someone, but um, when you have people coming in, they, they let off some really telltale signs if they're just there to, to rip a 911 around right. or if they're actually a, a real customer to drive that type of car. So now we're at Honda. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're So, um, okay. So technician to service advisor, didn't really like service advisor. So I was talking with the sales manager um, and I was like, Hey, can I sell cars? And he's like, absolutely. You can sell cars. So his, his name was Zach as well. Um, so we, we stick a, together. Yeah. Zach stick together. So, um, <laughs> he's like, you want to sell cars? I'm like, yeah, I want to sell cars. So he walked with me over to my service manager's office and he's like, Zach wants to sell cars. And my service manager looks at me. He's like, is this true? I'm like, yeah. What, a, what, a, what is it? Like you've broken ranks. You yeah. just, you've just changed the <laughs> tribe. Been, yeah, exactly. Is this son, is this is, true? Is this true? And it was that type of like, you know, like, I can't believe it. <laughs> are you, are you sure? Are yeah, you sure are you this sure? is what are you you're, sure cause there's no coming back. <laughs> You'll never change another oil <laughs> again. Not in these parts. Um, so yeah, so that sparked my career selling Hondas, uh, and I loved it. I loved selling Hondas. It's so much fun. There's some videos of you. Oh, we'll have to link some of those. Yeah. <laughs> They're funny because you're like adorable. You're like 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, 18, 19. Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. So um, yeah, here I was, like 17, going on 18, selling Hondas. Um, so did that for I think nine or ten months, and I'm like, you know, I really want to get with a more enthusiast based brand. You know, selling CRVs and pilots is cool, is is not fun. You know, every once in a while, I talk to somebody about a, a Civic Si, but it's not as not you know, great, not great. I'm not talking with uh, constant, uh, um, you know, uh, enthusiast based car or enth- car enthusiasts all day long. Right. Just they're looking for A to B appliances. Right. Honda does make a fantastic car. Yeah, we all respect Honda. We yeah. all respect their heritage, but we also understand that they sell Accords. Yeah. I like an Accord. Yeah, Accords are nice. I love Accords. Yeah, but um, but I want so, to drive a Porsche. So Porsche. I went to Volkswagen. So uh, closer, get, closer, closer. We're getting closer. Um, so 
went to our Volkswagen dealership as a, I should have gone into sales, but I went in as a service writer because it was the only uh, available position open. So what's a service writer uh, advisor. So when you come in and something's wrong with your car or, you know, you need scheduled work or something like that, they, you know, write the repair order to say oil change, change your tire or rotate your tires, whatever the case might be. Um, so did that, um, people are awful when it comes to maintaining their cars like as as you know how anal i am and how anal yeah. you are with change with i don't know, wash my cars but they they mechanically uh, are fine yeah they're very <laughs> i think you've washed no, my but, cars personally more than i've ever pro- washed my cars. <laughs> probably pretty <laughs> pretty like anal actually that. probably accurate <laughs> um so so this is uh, this is pretty funny so um, we get weekly emails. Uh, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that said what jobs are available throughout the uh, the motor group that I was working at. Um, Nothing like that corporate newsletter. Yeah, corporate newsletter. Ooh, what's the, new? Uh, yeah, what positions are available? So it said Porsche salesperson, and I was like, Oh my god, I want to be a Porsche. Sales what did you guy. know about Porsches? Um, they're cool. Yeah, I, well, see, the only <laughs> they have flat I knew- sixes, rear engine, but that's like, you know, I had a pretty layman's term. I drove a. Uh, the, the only Porsche I've driven up to that point was like a, a 986 base. Yeah. My friend, my yeah. introduction, like the first Porsche I was ever in was my friend's, uh, 87 Targa. Okay. And I remember seeing it and I'm like, Oh, these are garbage, aren't they? Like I really thought those were yeah, shit. Were like, garbage I thought cars. they were bad cars. Yeah. Like, like, not, and well, I, I always knew the the Jeremy Clarkson like just hated them and they called them Beatles and this that, and the other and he always trashed on them. So it took like, me oh. for a ride. I was in the back seat, like in the Kinder seat. Oh boy, yeah. It was the scariest tough... ride I've ever been in, and yeah. I was just like, I didn't know these were perform. Like I don't know why I like didn't know they were performance cars. Like. I yeah. knew about GT3s. Uh-huh. I had seen one uh-huh. and I was like, whoa, that's a thing. To me at the time, like the, you know, high, like super high end, like car that I really strive for was like an E92 M3. Like, right, same. Like, oh my God, that is like the bee's knees. And I would 100% get that over an any 911. Like well, how two, could you want a 911 over a, an M3 yeah. or a, something like that? So and, you apply. So, okay. So it took me a little while to apply. So one week, so I had this shit service advisor next to me, um, who uh, I always feel as though the people in life that tell you you can't do something, you should listen to them and prove them wrong. So that was like my biggest thing to to prove them wrong. So one week rolls around, I tell him like, oh man, that's a really cool position to, you know, sell Porsches. Not telling him I want to go for it, but I was like, wow, I can't believe that's available. He's, He's like, like, you're gonna miss the opportunity to sell new Beetles. No, he didn't say that. He's like, ah, oh, they'll never take anybody like you on uh, for your age. I was 19 at the time. Um, 19 going, no, I was 20. I was 20. I just turned 20 years old. Um, and that's coming from your boss? Uh, from the, the lead service advisor. You could say he was sure. like a manager of mine. Um, so first week rolls around, it's, it's still available. He says that. Second week rolls around, I'm like, shit, this job is still available. And I'm, I'm internally thinking, it's, it's down in Massachusetts at the time. So it's, it'd be a huge change for me. I'm still living with my dad. Um, don't have my own apartment. Like, You're a kid. I'm a kid. Um, so uh, second week rolls around, I'm like, you know what? If that is available next week, I'm going to apply. Yeah. So third week we'll, we'll, we'll sorry, I, I tap and fidget. So, <laughs> uh, so second week, uh, third week rolls around job still available. I'm like, screw it. Send him an email. Hey, you know, really interested in this position. Um, love to chat more. He's like, yeah, he sends me back an email shortly after. Would love to chat with you. Go ahead and give me a phone call. Called him, talked for like five, 10 minutes. Um, he said, yeah, I'd love for you to come down and, and interview. And, I was like, and this oh is in God. Westwood. And this is in Westwood, Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah. The big city. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Relative. Right? To- <laughs> <laughs> Relative. And um, so I was like, oh, my God. So he's like, send me your application. And so how, how do you 
you know, dropped out of college, vocational automotive high school, did some sales like Honda sales for 10 for a short period of time. Like, why would he take someone like me on other than you're moldable? Uh, yeah, there it is. So, um, go down, um, interview with Mike Luchter. Um, I, I don't, people in the Massachusetts area, Mike Luchter has been at this Porsche dealership for 20 plus years. I owe him my, you know, extreme gratitude for how much of, uh, 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 opportunity he gave me. He's to a go G. On. Let's get him he, on the podcast. Yeah, no, he, you really should have him on the He's podcast. He's owned so many ridiculous cars. Too. Unbelievable. So, Mike, so go down. Interview with this. This you need to. See. He's like a brick. Well, house. he's like he's the brawny man. Is that the right? No, the uh, Mister Clean. He's a little like Mister Clean. Looks like he's Mr. like a Clean. strong, big yeah. white guy, but he's friendly, but also like terrifying at the same time. Yeah, he has his like. Um, I, like this, this stone cold look with his like ice blue eyes. It like stares through your soul. He's somebody that like, if he was, <laughs> I think I would like, he makes you feel really good about yourself. He yeah, really does. He's yeah. the kind of guy. He is, that's he why he's such a, a sweetheart. He's definitely the nicest a sales guy. guy. Yeah. But I fear if he weren't angry, angry. with me. I've seen I, him angry. Ooh. Oh, it's a scary experience. Yeah. Yeah. So any case, so go down, interview. I'm nervous as all hell. It was with Mike Luckner. I was there for, I think close to two hours talking about cars and how much we love cars and just talking about different generations of cars and his muscle cars and you know my car passed i was driving a, a jetta gli uh, at the time a 2014 yeah 2014 jetta gli six-speed manual uh white sick little car so interview goes awesome so he's like okay i'm 20 years old at the time he's like okay so um i want you to come down for a second interview in about one or two weeks i want you to come back with questions about porsches how the dealership works this that, and the other how were those two weeks you best believe that i wrote like three pages back to back of these crazy questions about how the whole ordering system goes, how does, you know, inventory management, like, and just all these, you know, questions about Porsches and how it works. And I get there. So I go down for my Isn't second. it funny how when you're interested in something, you can just dedicate psychotic amounts of time to learning how to do it right. I was losing my mind. Like, I was like, oh my God. I want, as soon as I you, want that. I want that. As soon as you go in the dealership and like smell like that nice leather interior they have, like, it's like the, you, it's such a nice feeling going into a Porsche dealership. It's like the cars are awesome. Like everything is so cool. So um, I get down there. I opened up my notebook with like all these questions. And Mike looks down like wide eyed. He's like, holy shit. He's like, you got the job. I just want to see what you did for questions. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he saw the dedication right there. So that's um, fantastic. How, so next question, how soon can you move down here? Uh, three weeks. Okay. 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 I'll see you in three weeks. And you've never lived anywhere else before, right? Like you've nope. just been living with mom or dad. Mom or and, dad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this little, you know, grew up in Southern Maine. Yeah. You know, very small, like, it, like just small communities. So you, like, did the, you did the typical thing. You found... So you found my like, cousin was living down here in uh, Providence. He went down to PC um, and he graduated. He was living uh, with his girlfriend. A lawyer. Uh, no, he's not a lawyer. Um, he, uh, what did he go to school for? I think it was like sports management. Oh, all right, uh, sorry. Something like that. No, uh, Steve, my other uh, cousin in Maine, he is a lawyer. Oh, okay. Um, you know, shout out to Steven. We've had some hilarious times. He's like my, um, my brother that I never had. He's, he's yeah. a really cool kid. You'll have to have him on. He's a, he's a very interesting kid. So now you're working at Porsche. So move down three weeks later, I'm 20 years old selling Porsches. <laughs> what? All right. So <laughs> I have, a, I have a lot of questions and that's a, that's yeah. a great background. Like that's yeah. a fun story because a, it tells you like, I see a lot of young kids who, yeah. who don't know what their path is. And the more and more yeah. YouTube 
starts to be the thing. Uh-huh. I mean, what does every kid want to be? They don't want to be an astronaut. They want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. They just want to, they want to do dumb They want to be an influencer. They want, they want to, to influence this. people. Yeah, yeah, So I, I think like it's important to show that like, hey, there's other options. Like mm-hmm. you can also make a career. Doing I suggest everybody should, like it's not for everybody going to college. Do not, like if you're unsure about going to college, don't go. It's a lot of money. Wait a year or two. Figure, figure yourself out. Figure your life out because, you know, life is too short to spend four years of your time going to college to find out that you wanted to go a completely different career. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I just spent 10 years doing a career that was fine and it bought me some cool cars and I've seen the world and I, I, there's a lot Mm. of benefits to what I did. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, I think a lot of people look at like, Oh, I did this and I wish I did something else. It's not like that. There's always Mm. a give and take. It's just that like how much, how much happier could you be if Mm -hmm. you did something else? But, um, so I want to talk about the Porsche buying process because Porsche's unlike, let's say, you know, hyper cars. I mean, they make up a 918 every once in a while, something like yeah, that. But yeah, super I mean, car type of Porsches, deal. they don't put real production runs on almost all of their cars. Like none of their, they have like a few cars that have production runs. Even when they do, they're huge. Like the Speedster mm. is 1948, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's a lot. They'll never have um, so much of a, a revolutionary new design. They'll, it'll always be just a, a, a very meticulous evolution uh, of the, the brands and the brand's uh, identity into its modern day cars. And it's just modernizing itself around, you know, current day society. Yeah. As a dealer though, I mean, you're, you're tasked with two things. One is you've got to be able to take a customer who says, I want a custom car, right? Uh I've got to, I I want to build it to my specification. And another side of it is Mm -hmm, now the mm -hmm. dealership, once they trust your taste, you're mm-hmm. able to build cars, configure yeah, them, yeah. and you're able to say like, hey, let's bring this into dealer inventory, uh-huh. which must must be very fun, but also terrifying because if your car is the one sitting in the showroom for seven months, yeah. you look like an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, you do. So tell me, um, two, I want to hear about two things. I want to know so, about what it's like to deal with customers that have taste and don't have taste that you have to correct or that you just have to cave great. into. And then the other thing is I want to talk about like what it's like to order a car for the dealer. Uh-huh. All right, so um, let's talk about... Um, you know, let's answer the first question. You know, what someone comes in, they want a custom order and say 911. So um, there's, I kind of think of it as a couple of different levels of how the customer state is, their mental state. Like, are they willing to compromise? So say if they want this very, very specific car and these options, um, and it's something that's so out of the ordinary and just doesn't exist on any type of deal a lot. The nice thing with Porsche is that there's a good amount of inventory around for somebody if they are looking, like say if they, and most people are not as specific as myself or you when it comes to shopping for. Oh, a car I'm the like worst. That. I mean, like I, yeah. I'm, the, I, I'm not like that. Like you guys are spec people. Like most yeah. of most of yeah, my yeah. personal friends, like you and David and Will. Wait and till these, yeah, Will PTSRS gets on. He's crazy. Like yeah. you guys are insane. I'm like like I have never chosen the color of a car I've bought. Mm. It's always just been like, well, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. all right, keep going. Sorry. So um, if someone says I want, you know, uh, a lighter color car or a lighter interior with a darker exterior when you kind of get down to hot list, you know, like they want first pick is, you know, what's your number one pick? Is it black, blue, white? You know, what is it? Cause you're doing the dealer thing. You're trying to get them a car that either exists in your inventory yeah. or exists somewhere else that you can trade. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, and you know, I'm, you say the dealer thing, but I'm, uh, I'm such a people person that I just love making sure that my clients are just taken care of and they right. have the right thing that they're really going to be happy with. I, you know, the old salesman mentality of, Oh, you want a red car? Well, how about a yellow one? Like I just, I'm not, the, I won't, I hate the words like stuffing someone into, into sure. a car. That's like a, an, like an inside industry 
industry type of thing. Right. You know, you cram that person in that car, you know, you, you don't care what they want. It's what we want. So let's say somebody wants something that's really specific. They're like, I want PTS yep. or I want this color. I saw, I saw this color down at the gas station. <laughs> I want it, but I want it lighter and I want this, yeah. I want that. And you're like, okay, well we can do that. And yeah. it cost at the time $7,000. Now it's yeah, 12, right? Yeah. Um, what is it like to go through? What What are the channels that you go through to get those things? Like, how does how does it work? Like, I want a PTS car now. Do I just get one because I have twelve grand? No. <laughs> what do I need to do? So, Porsche, whose dick do I need to suck? suck? Yeah, yeah, to get to get this car. Um, <laughs> so, uh, when it comes to ordering Porsches, it's uh, they actually have an awesome internal ordering system. And shout out to Porsche for uh, the, the reps as well um, that work on the other side of ordering the cars and at the factory in Germany and. Uh, everything like that they're awesome to work with for anyone who's listening who doesn't understand porsche land pts is paint a sample Mm -hmm. paint a sample is a glorified way of saying a non-standard color Mm -hmm. right i mean Mm -hmm. you can get whatever you want it goes crazier and crazier but Mm -hmm. a lot of them are just there's there's a there's a catalog of like you can have oak green metallic yeah this and that i love oak green that's a great color it's a good color yeah it has some like gold flake anyway sorry i interrupted i just figured context (laughs) i think not everybody knows so there is a um so someone says hey i want you know, a signal yellow, which is a PTS color. So it's on the uh, Porsche PTS, their internal list. They have uh, this really nice uh, list that tells you all the the paint codes and colors that are available. Uh, You also have to make sure the color is approved for uh, that car too, because they may have colors that are available, but that means that, you know, it could mean that it's only available for the Cayenne and not hasn't been proven on the 911, which doesn't make any proven. sense. Proven, yeah, yeah. No, Porsche actually goes through, um, so say if you had a completely off-the-cuff type of color and it's never been made before, you have to send Porsche um, samples of your color. So we had um, this awesome client. Um, she wanted a pink Targa. And I know this car. You, you've seen this car. It's I like awesome. Car. I forget the, it's a, it's like Spectre pink or something, 34. It's like a really interesting name for a color. And so she wanted a pink Targa and it would stop at nothing to get one from the factory. Okay. So we sent Porsche, um, I think up to 12 samples, uh, over time of, uh, like a color of pink that, uh, this customer wanted. And, um, they finally approved it after like, close to um, two years of sending them samples and they were trying to replicate it. And just because they can replicate it doesn't mean they're going to approve it. So they have to actually spray it and make sure that it's going to, you know, last up to their warranty standards. Right. And does that end up costing the same amount? Like um, if it doesn't, I just said, Oh, I want signal yellow. Uh, so all PTS colors will cost the same okay. amount. So she, she, they just went through the effort of literally getting these like uh, two by two, um, not that big, but maybe like 12 by 12 uh, sheets of metal that were painted a, a certain shade of pink and then sending them over to Porsche sure. to try and get them approved. So um, going back to that. So um, so say, you know, signal yellow, we're going to get we're going to push it through um, and Porsche will only do paint a sample certain times of the year as well, which some people don't. It's kind of interesting. I did they, not know it was. Yeah. Seasonal. Yeah. It's they only do it with certain time frames and certain production runs as well. They'll only do. Uh, PTS. So that's like at the beginning of um, like not, Will will be able to clarify this more. But um, at the uh, the beginning of a run of like say the new generation GT3, you actually won't see PTS cars. You'll see them later in the run. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So say we you know there's an open order slot. We put in that it, we want to paint a sample and this leather interior and these specific options. Then it goes into the system. And PTS takes longer than a typical turnaround. So a typical turnaround will be 
about three to four months from when you order the car. Sometimes a little quicker for uh, faster production cars like Macans and Cayennes, if we can get it really close to when the car is actually going to go into production. But I typically tell people three to four months. So there's a turnaround. They, they, they're seasonal. And what? so PTS will take like an extra couple of months as well. So even though we get it in, it may be six months until you actually see your car. How does it get decided whether, like I walk right off the street and I'm mm-hmm. like, hi, Zach, um, you're my sales guy. I want this. I want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when is, I, I assume not everybody you want it gets it. It's, it How does um, that work? Is it just at the discretion of the salesperson? So, or do you get like slots that you're like, I'm only allowed to request X number? No, you can request as much as you want. It's just up to, is the factory going to allow that production of the car at that time? Is it an actual PTS run? You know, is the car and, you know, close to end of production and, you know, they need to get those GT3s out now and, you know, to make way for the 992. And they're like just at the end of production. They just don't have the the allocated spaces available for um, a PTS car. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I've had um, customers get approved for PTS and I've had other people that, you know, I'm like, hey, unfortunately, we just can't do it. What about, um, there's another level. So, like the airline industry, you can fly all your miles. Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. get your platinum status. Or if you were Mm -hmm. united, it was 1K. But there's Mm -hmm. always a secret tier. So you're talking about um, the the VIP program. CXX. So so uh, CXX and the VIP program. So to get on the VIP program, you had to buy a 918 Spider. So I think it was halfway. Like to even be in it, you had yeah. to have been. And wow. so the, the VIP program um, gave you the first right of refusal for any special production So it's that car. new? It's mm-hmm. that new? Yeah, so it, it came out for the 918 program. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought this was like way back. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you so CXX is, is way back. Like um, uh, the uh, Porsche, so CXX is Porsche's uh, exclusive department. Okay. So, but, but they but called the it idea, originally, I think, Special Wishes. Yeah, but the idea, of the, the idea of VIP is a relatively new thing. Correct. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So which makes sense VIP, because the 918. There's also another level. Oh, oh, v VIP. Oh, the V VIP. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, there's only like nine people in that, I'm sure. Yeah. It's um, like a guy, the Sultan of Brunei and Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, so, open invitation to Jerry Seinfeld. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, also, like the, the family members of Porsche are in the V VIP program. You're going to have to talk to Will Lee about some of those cars that they have made as they're, as you saw, um, they're absolutely wild and they're so cool. Well, I think it's really interesting because uh, this is what happens in the Porsche That's world. like the, the brake calipers on Porsches. As, as people in the Porsche realm know that you can have yellow, you can only... Yellow and red. Yellow and red brake calipers. But, but hey, I saw one with black. It's like, yeah, well, that's like Ferdinand Porsche's granddaughter. Yeah, or no, like blue. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and, and they're like well it's we so funny how this works because what you end up is with you end up with these clients who are like um veruca salt they're like but i want it how come they have it it's like yeah, yeah, yeah well because yeah. they're more special than you <laughs> objectively yeah right like yeah so like, yeah i mean what's the history with you with porsche you know how many porsches have you bought yeah uh, and porsche isn't so bad like i'd say like Ferrari, for example, I think is terrible when it comes to treating their customers. Um, I don't work for Ferrari or anything I like that. Isn't that the allure, though? Isn't it? Isn't it? That like, they'll like deny I think it's people this, like, cars. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like this dom sub BDSM thing where it's like <laughs> somebody who's super wealthy is basically paying to be treated like shit. Yeah, and they're buy like, all these Californias and will maybe give you access to buy the the 
the, I don't know, the, the 599 or the, sorry, 812 super fast or whatever their newest variant is right. going to be. Yeah. You're not getting a TDF unless yeah, you own 12 yeah, cars. It, there it is. Yeah. They'll look at the cars that you'll own or like for the 4GT. I thought that was the stupidest program. The the 4GT where you had to write a letter. 4G, 4, so I, 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 I'm going to, stupidest thing. I'm going to start my Ford discussion <laughs> by saying like, I really like Ford's marketing department. I know uh, people, yeah. um, I'm not going to say her name, but she's wonderful. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, she's involved me in everything. Uh, but some of the moves Ford makes blows my mind. Yeah. Like the Ford Did you GT- see, have you heard the program where they like, if you spent a certain amount of money, they'll lock the color and they won't paint that color on any other Ford. Ford will do that? Yeah. For the Ford GT. Some dude. Oh, you, okay. what's that crazy Cobra color? Like the mystic chrome or something like sure. that. The Cobra where it's like blue in certain lights and purple and green or stuff like that uh, i was watching oh, those a video on awful it. chameleon colors like oh, like the thing those. that like people used to paint so like cool. mustangs like that yeah like that's a mustang yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like mystic chrome oh my god you're gonna get so much backlash i'm okay with that <laughs> I'm, i love like, it hey you know it's probably love hate right is with everything <laughs> well i mean it's it's like that that color is like peak chip foose huh yeah, yeah. Chip Foose is like big chrome wheel. He, Chip oh, Foose is basically yeah. a pl- like if Chip Foose was a car, he'd be a Plymouth Prowler. You pass me that water bottle. Yeah, over I can there. do that. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm there dying over here. Dead bug on it. That's fine. It, mm. it was interesting mm. that they did the apply for our GT thing. That was it was fun for like a second, and then mm. it was like this is really lame. But and the dudes were getting production numbers. People were um, getting like they weren't getting approved even though they owned like multiple for uh like ford mustangs and like they had a ford gt but that necessarily didn't mean that you're gonna get one i found that the stupidest thing yeah I, it was it was I think it was more uh, a, a big marketing scheme so that way they can market the car more because who got one like john cena got one john cena got one to their dismay they, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think they regretted that allocation yeah yeah then he immediately tried to sell it and but get this there's also like you couldn't sell it for uh two years right you had to keep it that was so dumb which if anything like yeah it might be like oh ford versus john cena if anything john cena brought a lot of attention to yeah, to yeah, to the brand to the company. Oh, John Cena has that. That's with like any type of like um I think they were afraid of the resale value. I think they were terrified uh, that this car like you know, yeah, okay. they locked in production numbers and they lied about it because they went and made more of them. But I also think I that, that I mean look at McLaren. I'm gonna have Dr. M three <laughs> on the podcast. He has a lot to say about McLaren and yeah. we'll do that and I'll never tell David. <laughs> um, but uh blacklist number that. Yeah, well I mean the P one P one prices are tumbling and yeah. Senna's could be next. Um, yeah, I think I mean, Senna's are gonna drop. Twelve C's still uh, haven't hit the rock bottom, dude. That's They're scary. still on the way They're down. under hundred K. That's um, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, we know people who are who are scooping up 600 LTs close to $200,000 for like a no-mile car, like a yeah, new car, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's not that's not good. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> they're great cars. I'm not I'm not shitting on McLaren. I'm I'm shitting on shitting like, on the resale and shitting market? on also the uh, how many cars they were producing for how many people are out there to actually buy them. I you know, that's what that's the problem. They're trying to grow so quickly and they're innovating so quickly that cars are getting you know, uh, they're becoming obsolete within one to two years. So typically, I'm going mm. to give you some numbers. Um, typically, yeah. they sell a thousand cars a quarter. And last quarter, That's a lot of McLarens. Last, yeah, guess yeah. how many they sold last quarter? 307. That's not good. Yeah, that's uh, not you don't lot. have to be a CEO, a mathematician. <laughs> uh, really, all you need to know is that's a bad thing. Yeah. Now, if anything, it's uh, probably just maintaining uh, resale values by there's less on the, less on the market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, McLaren's made. I, I I have a lot of respect for McLaren for what they do as an engineering company. Yeah. I'm very worried uh, 600, about how they, yeah 600 LT 720 know, 765 uh, LT. That are um, sick. There's crazy. There's LT. crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I and even even and they're even, really challenging. I feel the status quo too with some of the hallmarks out there like well, Porsche. Well, there's like, old cars that I still want. Like I want an old. I mean, like it's five mm. or six years, but like I still want a 675 LT. Mm, that's, that's a crazy car. I want one that so wing bad. is awesome. Once those get down to like low 100s, you and I should pick one up. <laughs> yeah, when it gets to the point where it's like, if this is eventually worth zero, I could stomach it. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, but McLarens scare me outside of warranty. Oh Unlike uh, Porsches don't. No, Porsches don't scare me but outside of warranty. But it's funny how McLarens, you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to own that outside of warranty. Well, I think we're getting distracted here. We right are, now. and that's fine. <laughs> but all right, so... What dragged you out of the car industry? Because you didn't you didn't stop at Porsche. You ended up at Mercedes. You ended up at Land Rover. Land Rover. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. I mean, what's um, the... Yeah. So as with so I left Porsche. I was uh, a finance manager and uh, uh, like one of their top salespeople for the dealership. Had no, no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Had you know some of the funnest years of my life uh, flying around to you know, California or down to Atlanta for Porsche Yeah, you got trainings. to do some cool events. Yeah, um, the new 911 launches, um, uh, the 718 launch. <laughs> I don't know that if I hot, want to spend time on that. but That, that hot rod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've come around. Yeah. They figured right. it out with the GTS. Now we get yeah. a 4 liter. Yeah, the GTS 4.0, that's a very cool car. Isn't it crazy how nobody cares about the 718 GT4? Nobody yeah, cares. Yeah. I, I think, think it's, it's great. Cool I agree. Uh, I think I think in twenty years it'll be like eighties um, air cooled nine elevens, where suddenly people are like, "Hey, these were pretty sweet." Um, they they like neuter them in weird ways, and it's mm. and it's not even power anymore because like I don't need more power. It's just they still gear them really weird. They do yeah. odd. Things. I think they changed the gearing for the seven eighteen GT four. I just haven't driven one. I've heard they're know. still long. I've heard second gear is still really long. It, yeah. yeah, which is where like you know old yeah. Sharky Alex up at Sharkworks. Yeah, nothing Sharkworks can't fix. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, I'll gladly fix that. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, maybe they're like helping that weird like aftermarket thing. Yeah, like they're yeah. like, hey Alex, guess what? these gears are bad yeah <laughs> you're gonna make a lot of money off yeah <laughs> maybe that'd be actually pretty funny and we left a little room on the table for you to bore this out to <laughs> a 4.01 <laughs> <laughs> i think shark works does some of the coolest things uh, alex is fantastic and yeah. he's actually very he's a friendly person. Met him? never but i've talked yeah. to him on the instagrams he's very Have nice you? very yeah. nice guy that's they the do thing. some cool shit well, that's what i like yeah. about the porsche community tends to be very humble mm. um and i hate i hate that word because i feel like humble is a word that only, it's overused it only gets it's used really overused. for people that you expect yeah. to be assholes and then if they're mm. just basic decent human beings you're like oh he's so humble it's like he's not mm -hmm. humble he's just mm -hmm. like a nice he's just a normal person mm -hmm. we use this for rich people all the time where we're like oh i met um i met so and so they're so humble they're it's so like, humble well, it's like were mm. they or were they just they just didn't slap you in the face with like a $50,000 watch. Is that yeah. really what you're saying? Because yeah. that's not humble. That's just decent. I feel as though some, uh, I don't know. I've dealt with a lot of um, pretty off, well off people. And it's, it's always interesting to see the, the paradigm between people that have worked hard, hard all their life for every single dime that they've had yeah. and they didn't come from anything or the people that had money and then um, made something of themselves so it's it's always interesting to see how um you can tell somebody is raised or what their whole mentality is just by their upbringing so oh, you know, 100%. I, I get along so well with the people that you know worked hard all for their life to get 
you know, these things. Yeah. Um, or like there's, cause there's, they understand, they understand the hard work that goes into things or wealthy people whose parents were present in their childhood and actually yeah. showed them like, Hey, like yeah. you have to be your own person. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know you're never going to need to worry about anything, Yeah, but you should also not be an asshole. I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, they don't spoil their kids. Right. Don't spoil their kids. <laughs> you know what? And you can have, you know, people that come from humble beginnings, but they spoil the shit out of their kids and their kids are yeah. rotten assholes. Well, so. one thing we forgot to talk about was, uh, we could talk about spoiled rich kids all day. Um, <laughs> one thing we forgot to talk about is, um, the, the, when you, when you were given the keys to the shop, when you get mm. to spec your own Porsche oh, so or cool. like, what is that? Can like? we actually, can we actually back up a little bit? Go so ahead. when I first started working for Porsche, the first like Porsche I drove down there was a, a 991.1 C2S. That's the car. I came back from, it was a PDK sport chrono sports exhaust. I Great came back sound. from that. Oh my God. I came back from that drive shaking. It's so good. I couldn't believe like the way that this car made me feel. I couldn't believe the pa- like the sound it made, you know, the, the feeling it, 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 it gave you when it, when you load it up in a corner, there's a thing PDK that transmission, how fast that thing is. It's when, unbelievable. When you come from Jetta's, you come from Subaru's, you yeah. come from like normal cars, good cars. They're not the they're, fastest they're, car I've ridden like up to that time was probably a, an STI, right? No, three hundred. Yeah, or a, a Golf R with a tune. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and but there's a thing that happens when you get into a car like a mm. Porsche or something that's kind of in that hundred thousand dollar range. Mm. They're better, and it's funny because the fit and finish. The oh way, my god! The way the the interior wraps around you have the you know the classic Porsche front end. How you have the two headlights that are. Um, uh, or, you know, they, they're raised up a little bit. So, you know, exactly where the wheels are. Well, it's fine it, details too, because yeah. the thing is when you get in like a Cadillac, you're like, Ooh, leather, Ooh, <laughs> uh, this button is here. Or like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've got steering. You know, it's like yeah. these just objective things that you're like, Oh yeah. But like a Cadillac still drives like every other car. Yeah. There's a like, difference between features like, yeah. and engineering. And then when mm-hmm. you get into a car, like a 911, there's all the fine details, like the way uh-huh. the brake pedal Feels, like every yeah. every detail the way that the center console is raised the the waterfall effect how it's raised up ever so slightly um so that way the the controls are so close to the steering wheel they took that design from the career gt and i thought it was absolutely brilliant i'm think like why don't every, all cars do this think about every car you ever drove as a kid and how like once in a while you'd take them up to redline and you're like wow this thing's gonna explode i better mm-hmm. not do that too much mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. You do that in a 911, it's just like, you should do this all the time. Yeah, we should be at Renline all the time. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Do well, it. Do it. And that just goes into like just the history of Porsche. They're an endurance racing company. They have like the most manufacturer wins of any manufacturer out there. You know, how many times have they won Le Mans now? I don't know. A 18, bunch. 19 times. No big deal. <laughs> I'll have to go and, look at the posters and crash And that trickle down effect just me. goes into, in, into, in, into all cars. That was my main accent coming out. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, love the brand. Uh, you know, anybody that hasn't driven a Porsche or hasn't experienced one, go drive one. Yeah. A lot of, you always see people be like, oh, just a fancy Beetle. It's like, yeah, oh, I mean, look, you can miss so out on more. it if you'd like. I, it's fine if you like, I can't make you appreciate something aesthetically, but mm. I can probably make you appreciate something mechanically. Mm. And it doesn't mm-hmm. take much more than a drive. And you don't even need to be out. going fast in them. The no. Beetle, like, mm. Well, actually, so that brings me to my other thing about Porsche lately is like driving like a normal Porsche today, even mm. a GT, fuck, even a GT car. Mm. I'm driving a 991. Two GT3. Mm-hmm, um, my mm-hmm. friend uh, Chris Benvy lent me his before he before he sold it. He moves in and out of cars like crazy. But mm-hmm. um, 
I, I, it was the second time I had driven it mm -hmm. and I took it for the day and I went up and picked up Will Thibodeau and I was like bored. Mm -hmm. I was bored. Yeah, of I it. was driving this car and it's PDK yeah. and it's I'm uh, like, what? wait a minute. What you just I... had it in drive. Yeah. I was yeah. just kind of cruising. I wasn't doing anything crazy. Well, that's also like the beauty though. Well, like, that's just how refined. Out. Cause then the, I got on, the car is. I took it out to some fun clover leaves and I found some nice back roads and I was yeah. like, Oh, right. That's yeah. why this car is so good because not only can I go and just casually putter around putter like every around other 911 yeah, yeah and drive like you're driving a normal car i'm not looking at potholes like i'm horrified by them like my yeah. 911 don't hit stuff yeah. when when they're doing road work and there's like they say bump mm. listen don't don't <laughs> assume there's no bump yeah you will you will do you damage. will feel yeah you, oh that will god I've send shocks through your body lost fucking teeth on that thing yeah but the yeah. the new ones they do that they have this like the duality of nature where they're mm -hmm. like basically a normal car mm -hmm. not quite on the mclaren hydraulic suspension level mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. a normal car yeah. and then you get on it and you rev it out to nine thousand rpm and it blows out my microphones yeah. like i have a winding road video on that car and i'm like i can't even record this this is uh -huh. ridiculous there's, I love GT. So now you've got the keys to the shop. You're allowed to order, order a car. cars. What uh, does that look like? And 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 do you get like fear where you're like, oh god, someone better buy this thing or else no. I look like an asshole. I don't. No, I don't get that fear. I get excited. I get so damn excited because you get to create your own masterpiece. When you come back, we're going like, to do another uh, question, and it's going to be, what's it like to have confidence? <laughs> what's that like, Zach? What's that like? <laughs> uh, no, and like, so it, you kind of get. So the Porsche ordering system, if you go on Porsche.com, it's like the identical system that the consumer has, except you get some more features. Like you have, you know, you have your inventory that you get to create cars for, but the configurator and everything like that, like you came in, like we, like I showed you configuring cars and so forth. Um, um, it's, it's pretty close to what the consumer configurator has on the website, which is so damn cool. Mercedes sure. is ass backwards. I hate, I, a lot of people like that's their hobby. Like every mm -hmm. time like a new car drops, they're like, Oh, the configurator's live. Yeah. And I'm like, I could not be bothered. Oh, I I'm the exact it. opposite. I love Porsche though. I like yeah. Porsche's configurator. Every other configurator is like the 718 GTS. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. The GTS 4.0 hasn't come out yet. And I keep checking it weekly. I'm like, when is it going to come out? I want to spec one. Configurator <laughs> investment is huge. I think you've got to have a good configurator like Lotus. Yeah. for example they're kind of like uh they're like 70 percent there like mm -hmm. it works but like the 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 image that you see when you configure like an avora gt mm -hmm. it's like a little cartoony you can't yeah. really tell what you're looking at no porsche like when you do like a special um color on the inside trim it'll show you it it'll so show about, you the deviant what about the options though like a port yeah. like you can take a, a, a like at the time right you were working there during the 991 991.2 generations yep. right yeah so you could take a what did they start at? Like an $89,000 Carrera S mm -hmm. or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in yeah, that neighborhood. Yeah, Carrera S's are more. They're like, they start out life at like 110. Base Carrera okay. start off at like upper 90s. Okay, so let's, you could add like probably $100,000 to that. Oh, yeah. So what the hell? Where, and and, and uh, as the, a dealer in for like, where do you yeah. stop? Like, where do you say, so, like, we're done here? Meat and potatoes. Think of that, right? Like, what are the core meat and potato options that someone's going to look for in a car like this? to you know for it not to feel goofy so do you set a budget first do they say like hey make a car don't exceed 160 
you well you start to get a good feeling for where a car should be so it's like the the no-brainer options like okay it, you know you want a sunroof they want bows they want heated seats they want ventilated seats boring yeah <laughs> right you <laughs> know why i don't do this because i'm so bored already oh no i i love it it's like a game it's like it's such a fun challenging game um and so yeah you just get the right meat and potato options that you know you are going to you know, is going to make the car a whole car. It's not going to feel goofy. Like you're right. not going to not have keyless entry on a $150,000 car, yeah. and that's a, which is are, crazy that they still don't have that as a standard option. Well, and that's why you <laughs> need to have someone help configure your car. Because if I was coming in as oh, a customer, yeah. I might not, I might accidentally not do that. I can't tell you how many times heated steering wheel um, would be missed over someone just specking a regular, like a Cayenne or a Macan, you know, and you know, your $60,000 Macan or your- you make assumptions. It's a standard thing. Yeah. And they'd be like, what? It's not standard. Be like, yeah. So I, many times when someone comes in and spec a car, quite often I would be adding a couple more options with them just because it doesn't make any sense that it doesn't have it. Like sunroofs aren't standard on Macans. Okay. But when you're doing a dealer car, you're keeping it, you're keeping it, um, likable, let's say it's for the, it's for public consumption. I've seen some, I've seen a couple cars where customers were insistent on certain options that you, you were basically forced to order. Oh yeah. No, Um, I've, I've had my fair fun share of, you know, people that want the the most awful specification and, you know, at the end of the day, customer gets what they want, right? Like bright blue or green or whatever, like interior, like vents, air vents. Oh yeah. No, I remember this dude uh, ordered a, uh, what was it? I think it was a dot. Yeah. Dot two turbo S sapphire and blue. So pretty, you know, pretty blue, nice and bright. Uh, <laughs> espresso cognac brown and caramel interior, uh, with sapphire blue, blue painted trim on the inside with red gauges. I remember this car. Yeah. I remember, I remember when it came in, most cars that you ordered, I'd be like, Ooh, I want to sit in. Yeah. That I've sat, you know, and it's funny. Like I, I knew like some of our friends, like Kevin songs, GT three, I think. Yeah. Came in. Nice and I remember, spec. I think yeah. I sat in that car before he saw it because okay. I was just like, it still had the seat covers on it. And yeah, stuff, but yeah. I was yeah. just like, Oh, it was the first, that was the first manual dot two GT three. I'd that seen. came in. Yep. And I was like, Oh my God, this is Kevin's car. Mm. That car. I remember that car came in and I was just like, Oh no. Oh my God. I didn't want to sit in it because I didn't want it to rub off on me. That's like we had a cust- another funny one was a, a customer that ordered like the Ronald McDonald edition GT4. So they did <laughs> yellow. Nothing like a bright red dashboard. All right. So it's yellow, red calipers. So it's already goofy looking. You're yes. like, that doesn't really fit. Bright silver wheels inside. Normally it, we like that. Yeah. Inside it's yellow trim with red stitching and red gauges. It was awful. It was, it was fucking awful. <laughs> so like, I know <laughs> it we, was so bad. It was I, like the Ronald McDonald just specked out a car and like, Whoa. I know we made fun of McLaren's resale value, but like, Oh my God. <laughs> the funny thing is Porsche guys will get over it. I know. They'll get over it. Yeah. All right. So now you're not in that game anymore. No, you're, no, I've left. You're, you're out of the sales. Well, you're not out of the sales. World. No, no. So I where don't... are you now? We're sitting there. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are, we are at garage 42 in Renscott yeah. split building, really cool building. So, um, what is Renscott? What is garage 42? Okay. So let's talk about garage 42 first. Cause every episode, I think I'm going to be like live for well, not, not live. Yeah, we're from coming what? from garage 42. So Garage 42 is uh, car storage, you know, quite simply, right? It's high-end luxury car storage. So it's heated, it's cooled, humidity controlled, um, 
every car that comes in here gets decontaminated, washed before it goes into the final uh, area for storage area for cars. Car gets, you know, let's sit for 24 hours. That way all the water can get out of it. And then we put it in a car cover. Um, comprehensive check-in, check-out procedure. It's like the ultimate car guy garage for your cars. And what do you do here? I'm the... I do it all. <laughs> I sweep the floors and I... <laughs> you get the sales, you sweep the floors, you I, wash I, the cars. Yeah, I do everything. Uh, so I'm the general manager of the operation. So I love that. This is like a small, like a very, you know, a, it is a relatively small operation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it offers a lot. It, it, but I like how small it is because it allows me to have that tangible connection with my clients, with my customers that come in and store their cars. Because at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're storing your ferrari with us so you want to make sure that they know what they're doing you know when they're storing a vehicle like that or when you want to pick it up you want to know that within an hour we'll have your car ready yeah Um, so you can come up and pick it up and enjoy it for the weekend i mean my car is here right now my m5 Mm. and like i hate leaving my car anywhere i hate Mm. the feeling of my car being at someone else's house even when i know them yeah um and and i i have no qualms about it being here because i know it's under like 24 7 video surveillance Mm -hmm. i know that david um, i actually thought about like bringing your car out and like actually de- like buffing it because your paint pisses me off so much i apologize <laughs> like it's, uh, it's i, I our, know our our car covers are nicer than your paints on that's true <laughs> like my yeah my, my like paint is damaging the car cover. yeah you're that that's your car cover yeah, yeah. that one's it's got it, we put a t on it yeah it's tom's car cover um, i don't trust that thing on anybody else's car yeah no it's bad um <laughs> it, but that car that car is like that because i'm the mm-hmm. second owner the first owner was like a uh, a Cohasset, you know, socialite who's just all he did was go back and forth to the golf course mm-hmm. and he had kids mm-hmm. and whatever. So they mm-hmm. sat in the back seats. And mm-hmm. yep. um, I know that that car just was thrashed through Cohasset because he's one of those dudes who probably couldn't get a speeding ticket if he tried. He get pulled over and he's like, oh yeah, I fund the police. Oh, I'm, you know, he's those, definitely yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a nice guy. I'm not, I'm not shitting on him. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, granted, he didn't really come down on price, but whatever. I got the last lap. They, they, they went up in value. Yeah, you um, did well in that. That car's okay. Um, uh-huh. But I know for a fact that car either went through like like McDonald's car washes, mm. right? Or like, McDonald's yeah, car like you know washes. what I mean? Like, just like the yellow and red like, uh, yeah, str- yeah, yeah. like cloth and things. the LED lights. Oh, go just on. horrible. Yeah, 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 not touchless. Or it went to like his dealer who yeah. did like those terrible washes. washes. Yeah, they used yeah. like a friggin' like uh, a, a wheel a tr- brush, a brush. Yeah, yeah. they uh. used the brush, and they were like, "Yeah, we power uh, like," and they sell yeah. it by being like, "We're power washing your car," and you're like, mm. "No, the power washing's not the problem." Yeah. it's the brush. Um, so yeah, the car has a lot of swirls. Have but you seen our, uh, our water, um, the filtration? Yeah, the filtration system we have that. So number one, I love the fact that you can wash cars indoors here mm-hmm. because I hate chasing the drying you cycle. Never wash a car in the sunlight. It's awful. And yeah. my, the water at my house is very hard. Oh, There's yeah, a, like yeah. it, it's, it's like instant. Well, yeah. It's like horrible. So people don't know. So tell people about hardness of water and what happens when you wash a car. With well, basically there's, there's a lot of minerals. I mean, water, yeah. although it looks like water, if you, if you evaluate, Operate it down. There's stuff in there. There's minerals. There's lime. Mm. There's all kinds of stuff. And so what happens is when you wash a car and you're you know you've rinsed it all off. Now mm, you've you got all the, it, yeah. yeah. And if you've done it correctly, you've got some beads, right? Because yeah. you've waxed oh, yeah. it or whatever. Nice. But like uh, you've got a nice ceramic coat. But um, 
when the water evaporates quickly, all of the minerals and junk is left dry behind. on your paint, and it dries on the paint, and and it and it and it's hard. It's like really hard. It's like it's 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 like water, think of it think of it like spots. this. Yeah, think of it like uh, this. If you didn't floss your teeth for mm. like two weeks, you'd start to notice there's like some buildup yep. in between your teeth. It's mm-hmm. the same idea. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. calcium. It's lime. It's all this junk, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's very hard. You basically have to chisel it off the car. It's mm-hmm. horrendous. Oh, yeah, you gotta yeah you gotta polish it off the car. So the best way if you do have hard water you want to wash your car either indoors or in the shade where it's mm-hmm. not going to evaporate too quickly so that way you can collect it with mm-hmm. a microfiber or like some sort of drying device mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and you're going to want to use some lubricant along the way this is why like yeah, people like, like spray wax. ammo yeah, 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 spray yeah. Wax. and it's not necessarily even a wax your car it's just to lubricate the process of drying it so you don't scratch mm-hmm. it in the process of drying it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but here at garage 42 they've got these monster filtration things mm-hmm. so that way like you know the, so it removes all the hardness from the water yeah you so, take out all that sediment all that mm-hmm. junk yeah, so that way when we're washing cars, there's no possibility of water spots on your right. car. Right, it also just makes it, like, it, not only is it better for the car, it makes your job easier, like, washing the car. Yeah. And I, well, I just have a, you know, much more peace of mind in washing someone's car. So that way when they bring the car in and the car comes out, like, I want it to be looking better than what the customer gave it back to me. Yeah. Like, well, that's just my mentality. Like, and, I want... Yeah. And right now, as of the recording, what's today, June 18th. So we're looking at probably, like, launching this officially toward the end of the summer with people coming in. What's, I mean, do we have a date yet? Sorry, some guy pulled up an S3. I don't know who that oh, is. we don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> he's got 1552. Yeah, not that's sponsored. Like, yeah, that's a nice looking S3. Um, so we're actually officially open now. Um, Ooh, I didn't know. Congratulations, yeah. June 18th. <laughs> yeah, woo. Uh, so we're, yeah, so we're officially open. So, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, when Garage 42 was ready, uh, pandemic happened. Happy. So literally, yeah. as we were opening the doors, the world was collapsing. It was bad. We were like literally like, what, like maybe two or three weeks away from the big cars and coffee event. Yeah. Here, where are we going to have a bunch of people here? Yeah. So the whole marketing plan or the, just the whole plan with this place was to have open houses, cars and coffee events, um, private showings for um, car clubs like the Porsche Car Club, yeah. Ferrari Car Club, all of that stuff we just couldn't do because the world came to uh, a halt yeah. and now nobody is allowed like in, you know, in this facility uh, or anything like that. So we are, <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> yeah. So we had to, we have to completely change our whole um, marketing efforts. So we're doing, you know, we're, you know, Tom and I are going to be uh, putting together some, some fun stuff with some videos. Yeah. Look out I'm for excited. that next month. That'll be really cool. Um, and we'll, so, you know, once everything starts to open back up and we can have people in, we'll certainly have them in, but you know, we're going to be just putting a lot more effort into our digital efforts for, um, Instagram, for Facebook, for Google ads, for, yeah, I just think people are going to be excited to come here, whether or not they're storing their cars here, it's a thing to be celebrated and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, that's the weird thing about the car thing now is like, you don't, I mean, all, all the kids that run over to Ferrari, New England, and all this stuff mm-hmm. every every other mm-hmm. day to take pictures, like they don't own Ferrari. Most of them don't own Ferraris. Most of, of their parents not. don't have the means for that, but they not. they still celebrate the place. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of those places where like we mm-hmm. celebrate car guys, we celebrate car gals. We, we you know, this is the a car por- person like just haven. Like I, I, all I want to do is talk about cars all day long. I, I mean, I talk. can imagine you guys doing like car wash clinics where you're like, mm-hmm. hey, like like let's teach you how to wash your car. Yep. Let's do that. You know. Um, yep. Oh, that's, oh, that's what's Goldberg. Yeah. What? Hang on. Hang on. What is going on? I yeah, I think he, like um, that. yeah, his car looks great. Oh, Goldberg, your car looks fantastic. Yeah, killer job. I thought dude. you were like some scoundrel. 
I love that red, the black wheels. I think I wouldn't sick. mess with you with those wheels. Yeah, that looks good. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well, you I have think to this do a video good, on that. Yeah, this is a good. This is probably a good place to wrap up, and we'll, we'll yeah. have you back anyway. And of you're course, around, of um, course. But th- I mean, thanks for hosting us here at Garage Forty Two. I think Absolutely. this is a really good home for the podcast. Yeah, and I think we're definitely. gonna be able to get a lot of folks in one on one safely. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe maybe David's dad can provide us like with those fifteen minute antibody tests that Joe Rogan's got. <laughs> really? I That's like know. a real thing. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, know Joe that. Rogan. Everyone that comes into his studio, they're doing like an uh, antibody test. That's pretty. So cool. he can be like, oh, you have COVID nineteen, or you had COVID nineteen. Is that wow. crazy? That is crazy. I wonder if he surprised anybody. He probably has. They've been wrong a couple times and they'll like do it again. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a thing. Maybe it's not foolproof. But, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for being the test guinea pig on the <laughs> Absolutely. First, first episode of Respect the Drive. Yeah. Uh, this was fun. This is cool. I'm excited. This is like a big <laughs> deal for me. I'm really psyched. Yeah. I love the setup, the gear. Everything looks great. It's fun. Yeah. Looking right. forward to these. Well, thanks. And uh, I don't know. I'm not saying goodbye because there's a lot of stuff to do. We'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. And don't forget to respect the drive. Mm-hmm.